0: Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where we want you to find hope and encouragement from real people sharing their real stories. So here we go with your weekly dose of real talk, girl chat, and good vibes. Hi, friends. Today's episode is with Rhonda Lucas. She's a wife, mom, and activist for youth. After losing her son, Caleb, Caleb's Cup was born to keep his memory alive and to also help raise money for scholarships to those who aren't traditional students and pursuing music. She speaks with us about Caleb, losing him too soon, and continuing to help others. Listen in as Rhonda gives us a glimpse into her life and how she has found purpose in her pain. Here we go.
1: Hey, Rhonda, we're so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast To get started, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your family, your hobbies,
2: that kind of thing? My name is Rhonda Lucas, and I just turned 52 last week. And um, I'm married to my husband, and we actually celebrated 30 years on Monday, and we celebrated very fancy by going to eat Mexican, our favorite (laughs) thing. And um, we have three children, and one, our oldest was Caleb, who passed away. He was just turned 23. And we have a daughter, 24, who's in ministry out in LA. She just got married, and our youngest is going to turn 20 next week. His name is Micah. So we had Caleb, McKenzie, and Micah. And my hobbies, really, to be honest, I would say are people. Um, I love people, family, um, cooking, decorating, but really just uh, family and people. I I'm really, I don't have, I can't say I have this major talent or major gift that I'm just so good at crafting or anything. I'm just, um, a family person and friend. I just love people. And, um, I would say that's really my hobby.
0: I love that. And I think I saw your post where you said you were going to go to Mexican, like, let's just go to Mexico yes. for your anniversary. I was like,
2: <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes we try to hype it up and the reality is, you know, they're working and they're coming home late and he was exhausted and. It was just like, you know what, let's just do what makes us happy. And that was Mexican.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, you mentioned Caleb and we would love to hear his story and your story and how that all just weaves together.
2: Caleb was our firstborn, and Caleb brought magic to the world. I mean, he never met a stranger. I mean, to this day, I can go to another state and somebody will say, oh, I knew Caleb. We don't know how, but everybody knew Caleb. <laughs> From the time he was a child, he was just a baby. He just lit up a room and um, brought so much joy to so many lives. He was the one who never really saw met a stranger and um, just loved music, extremely talented. Could play the piano, could play the guitar. He wrote songs. He preferred to, you know, he was going to college, but he really wanted to just pursue music. But at that time, you know, we were the parents of, you know, you're the first one, you got to, you got to go to college, you got to do this right, and mm-hmm. uh, have a little regrets sometimes in that, but um, just an incredible kid, and um, he had just turned 23 two weeks before, and of course, he was a typical, I'm not going to act, I'll be very honest, like a, he wasn't a perfect child, he, you know, did things sometimes that teenagers do that parents are not proud of, but his heart, he had such a hunger to do the right thing and hunger for God and really a freak accident. He um, actually got a tattoo the night before, which would have been February the night. And he called and said, um, mom and dad, I'm just not feeling good. I got really sick when I were getting the tattoo. The tattoo was actually getting filled in for my brother who had passed away from cancer. So he was he had done something in honor of my brother. And I said, well, Caleb, you know what happened? He goes, I just felt sick to my stomach and I almost fainted. And so we're, so we'll just go to bed. And it was like, I love you. And next week we were going on a family, uh, winter vacation, all of us. And we were so excited and just get some rest. We love you, buddy. And went to bed. And, um, the next day I was working at a boutique, a local boutique and doing my typical day, actually waiting on another woman who had just lost somebody in her family and was actually trying to help her find something to wear to the funeral. And it was uh, after work, about 3 o'clock, I got off, and I was driving, and I thought, this is just really weird, because Caleb would always call me by a certain time. Caleb and I were extremely close. I mean, we would butt heads, but we were, he was just, you know, really the apple of my eye. He always made me feel beautiful when I felt my ugliest. He was He just made me laugh and, um, just a very extremely grateful. So he, um, I thought that's weird. I was driving to the dry cleaners I thought that's really, you know, weird that he hadn't called me. And as a mom, you know, that feeling if they don't answer right away or something, just as a mom, you already have intuitions, no matter how young your child is. And it went to undelivered. And so I just had this little fear and I was like, no, I know he's fine. I, um, Continue to drive, and I called and kept calling, and he wouldn't answer. It would go straight to voicemail, and it was immediately I started to feel a panic. Um, and I called his roommate, and he said, "Yeah, I just got home from work. Let me go check on him." And within a few minutes, my life had changed forever. It's forever changed. His friend got on the phone and started panicking, saying, "He's not breathing. He's not breathing." And I said, "Hang up and call the ambulance." At that time, I'm trying to get a hold of my husband. Um, and saying he wouldn't answer of all days. It was game day, and he worked for a sports company. And um, I said, please, just answer. God, please, you know, just let him answer. And he answered. I said, Caleb's not breathing. He left work. And um, long story short, by the time I, I was up here where we live and heading into horrible traffic at that time of day, all of a sudden I could not remember where my son lived. I could not remember how to get there. Um, on the highway, screaming, pounding on my car, um, like, God, please, like crying out to God. This cannot be he he's got to live. He's got to live. And once people walked me through getting to uh, his apartment, my husband was waiting at the gate and he said he's gone. And that's when our life forever changed. And um, it wasn't from an overdose. It wasn't from anything like that. He trusted somebody and he made a mistake and he took one pill that was packaged like a prescription that was laced with fentanyl. And our lives at that moment, uh, forever, forever changed. When my husband said he's gone, we both just begin to scream. And um, that's where immediately our dependency on the Lord uh, became so much greater because we knew at that moment we would die as well if it wasn't for his grace.
0: Thank you for sharing that. It's hard to hear, but I know hard for you to go
2: through. Um, Gosh.
0: And I just hate that. I hate yes, that.
2: You would have loved him. I mean, he just, there was something about Caleb that was magical. And we, I don't understand, you know, I don't understand you, you know, you could, as a mom, you go, what did I do wrong? Or why, you know, he, he isn't the one sitting on the side of the road. And, you know, you just wonder what the purpose is. But yet I'm seeing God work through our sorrow. And, and Caleb is living on, you know, through through our through us and through others. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about how his loss has impacted your family? Absolutely. Um, I'm writing a book called Just Once because um just once, uh, your life can change. It can change for the the better or the worse. And it can be one decision that affects us. It can be one decision, well I can drink a little here. And, and, or I can drink a little there and you don't know how your body's going to become addicted to something or, or like Caleb's instance, just once, it was just one pill. It wasn't a pack. It wasn't a package or a bottle. And so we're really are trying to emphasize to young people just once, you know, your life can change. And then as a heart of a parent, just once there would one more time, I'd love to hold you one more time. I'd love to see you play your guitar and sing to me. Um, one more time, just to hold your hand, he had the longest hands. He was 6'4", but when he died, the people at the barrier were saying he was 6'6", six, six, and they couldn't fit him in the casket, so go figure. Kind of a funny story in a sad situation, but that's my life. <laughs> so um, just once, you know, you you long for what was. You long to see your dad again. You long to, you know, hear his voice and have his, his hugs, and um, that's just a natural part of who we are. And then, but then it's just one touch from the Lord and want his grace and it sustains us and we can cry out to him and his mercy. I mean, I just know that that night when our house was full of darkness and we're screaming and laying on the floor, like literally flat on the floor screaming. And my young little boy, I mean, Micah was crying and screaming and my daughter we're having to fly her from L.A. here on an airplane with her friends. And she's screaming you know, crying out to God, that's when you know, like, just once, it's just his touch, his touch can really just, he comes in in the darkest of hours, and he sustains us, so through that, you know, our message is just once, and um, that we want to offer, we want kids to know there there are consequences for all of us, and and, um, ours went to the extreme, but um, through that, we've started a foundation called Caleb Cup, And it's, it started with a tournament golf tournament. And although he hasn't been gone for years, the tournament had its fourth annual golf tournament last week. And it was a true success in the past two years. We've had a woman's luncheon during that time called a time for us. And that also raises money. And that money goes to helping young people um, with scholarships that are pursuing music or performing arts and, um, To give them hope and then we're also helping a school in honduras that caleb taught at my family has a school there a bilingual school and caleb used to teach music there so they all loved caleb and we helped them and then just the community like there are so many needs just in your own area and we're trying to out hopefully believe to stretch that further out in the message of just once but helping families in need um, kids that maybe cannot go to a camp that they want to be able to go to christmas to um, last year we were able to go through some kids at school their christmas list of things that they want that we so easily take for granted even one was like notebook pads and a little lamp for my desk and it's just been a joy to see that because Caleb was the type that if he'd see a homeless person. He one time went back and brought his guitar and played guitar with the guy. Wow. Um, so that's who he was. And we just find like our healing comes, you know, from just giving back. And we just did a video this last one. Each year we do a video with young people and things they're facing. And it was anxiety. Anxiety was the number one thing that kids are saying they're facing depression, fear, Loneliness, isolation, peer pressure, and um, to just let them know that you know through God, you know we can break these circles and these cycles. That it's 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 rampant. I mean, that's why I think a lot of kids are going to substitutes because they are battling these issues that they don't know what to do. But just one touch from Jesus, and I, I you know, their lives can totally change. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, all that you've done to help other people has been an inspiration. I know we've gotten to see you and get to know you through um, social media and your faith and just the strength that exudes out of you and um, the inspiration that you've given to so many. Can you sort of speak to how Caleb's Cup came into being?
2: Because you said it was, it's been four years, but he's not been gone for four years. So how did that start? Actually, um, when that happens, you're kind of paralyzed. And my husband, and I couldn't even think, I mean, he could barely go to work and function. And I was just literally living and hanging on, you know, by God's grace, my, I would just put worship music on. But we had some wonderful friends in the community that said, hey, we got to do something with this. And um, because we know too many young people that are, you know, just dangling and taking a pill or it could be them. And so they started the foundation a few months after Kayla passed. It was just a few months. We had our first tournament and, um, it was through these, these other people that saw, Hey, this could be my child. And they helped us to form the golf tournament, the foundation. And then it is raised each year, usually about 50,000. So we're, we're just believing that it can open doors because we really want to get the message out to people of, you know, this has got to stop, you know, and there are answers for the anxiety and the depression and you're not alone. And um, so that's how it started. And it's just been a wonderful, wonderful event.
1: Can you give us some more information on how we or our listeners
2: um, can get involved in Caleb's cup? Yes. And it's not just something that happens annually. Um, You can donate anytime and it's a nonprofit and we do have the tax number, whatever. So if anyone wanted to have that for their tax purposes, you can go to www. I don't think we have to do that part anymore, but Caleb's <laughs> cup. I'm so old school. Oh, so I cup. still say it too. You're great. I know. It's like, it's, Matt Mulga, you know, you don't have to type that www. In there, but it's <laughs> like it's going to work. Yes. So um, it's calebscup.com, And on there, there's different parts that you can be um, involved in. And there's just a donate button. And it'll tell the story. There's some videos posted. Um, we don't have the latest on that one. But if you guys go to my Facebook page, you can see the new video of these young people. And it's called Circles. We actually use Post Malone's Song Circles because um, the circle is just, you know, these young people just going around around in a circle. But it, we believe it can be broken. And um, you can get involved that way um, through calebscup.com. And you can watch the videos from the years past. Last year, we we did a video on grief. And even my daughter and my son were able to speak and share about how it's affected their lives. And then other parents who have lost, I have um, been in contact with at least five friends that I this year have lost kids to suicide, or um, drugs, just horrible things. And to to hear about it constantly, it shows we got to do something.
0: I know just you having children, you've always probably had a heart for young people, yes. but has it grown
2: more immensely because of losing Caleb oh, or? my gosh, it is so, it's weird because even as a teenager, I'll, I'll never forget, I was at the mall and there were these older teenage guys and they kind of looked like hippies. And I remember at that moment thinking I had this burden for young men and like their hearts. And I just said, God, you know, what are you doing? I'm a teenager. This is too deep. Mm-hmm. And I let it go. But I go back to that time because I am so drawn to young people. It doesn't matter if I don't know them when I'm in the school line picking up for my niece or something, I will just start watching these kids and start praying over them. Um, I. It doesn't matter how popular, how beautiful how anything, they are all carrying something, and that is truly our heart. I mean, there are times in bed, I can't, I can't sleep at night, and I just, their faces, I don't know their names, but their faces just go through my mind, because we live in a time and age where social media has, has really good things, but it has created also a lot for these young people to have to face, and so it just... It, that's just our heart. My my husband's as well. I mean, we, sometimes we just weep. And like the other day we left the Mexican restaurant, we left with a burden for our waiter, you know? So um, it just, that's just the heart of, of who we are. And, and of course, Caleb dying, you realize how fragile life is and you know what these young people are facing things that we didn't face. So it's definitely our heart. We want to see some major changes made.
1: Yeah, it's definitely my husband and I work with the high schoolers at our church. And I mean, I'm not that far out from them. I'm only 24. But yes. the stuff that they're dealing with, I'm like, this is, I didn't deal with this in high school, you know, just exactly. six years
2: ago. It's it's crazy. The social media, that's my, you're my daughter's age. And I don't remember her, Mm-mm. you know, facing all this stuff. and. No. And it had just social media kind of just taken off then, and and so, you know, a lot of what the kids spoke about was social media and how it's it's caused anxiety and pressure. And so, yeah, you're do what you're doing, keep doing it because there's such a great need. Yeah,
1: we just had a conversation, me and my mom and Corey, the other day, um, while we were heading out of town, we were talking about how technology is amazing and it's awesome, but it's also very. Um, like, in a way, it's from the enemy, it's how isolating it is, mm-hmm. you don't, you can go pick up your groceries, you can, you know, you don't have to yes. talk to anybody, and that's taking away um, opportunities to share the gospel with people, you know, and I've never really looked like, it like that, so everybody's great. like, oh, that's amazing, you don't have to even go into the store, and, yeah. you yes. know, so yeah. just to kind of think about that, because we all look at it, as like, oh, technology is great, but mm-hmm. it's also very isolating, and same thing with social media, you know, plays into that also,
2: I totally so. agree, and I love Amazon, but even sometimes I'll think, you know, what am I doing? You know, I I also feel like I'm putting out, like, people aren't going to have jobs at the malls anymore, so I'm like, yeah. hey, you know, yeah. you do, like, and it is easy, and I even think for dating for young people, you know, it's so easy, oh, that one didn't work, let me go DM this one, mm-hmm. or you know everything's too accessible and too easy, yeah. and yet, like you said, they're isolated and they're so lonely and lost. Mm-hmm. and And my prayer is that God will just that a revival will happen, you know, just where there's such a hunger for more than the surface things of life. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely, for sure. Um, kind of getting back to your your grief from losing Caleb. Was there ever a time in your grief that you felt alone?
2: Yes a lot. And there, and there still is. Um, because even with my husband, we're not always on the same page of grief. Um, like this past week was harder for him. And so you grieve differently. And it's at those times I have learned that that is when God's trying to speak to me without me having somebody to come comfort me. It's like, he is my comfort. And, and I still go through those alone times and, and then you feel like, oh, my friend really doesn't want to hear about this today, you know, or I don't want to talk about this. I want to be happy. And, um, the reality is it's there 24 seven, but God lifts it. He, he gives so much grace. And at times the the waves crash and you, you feel like you're going to drown. And then other times is, you know, it's calm and and so when I am alone, I, I tell you, the key for me has been worship. I, I play worship music sometimes from morning till night. And it has truly been, those are the times where I'm just like, okay, God, I can't do it in my own strength. I know I can't. I, I just, I, abs- I just know. And I, I remember being offered, you know, from a, a, a good doctor, a, you know, do you want to take something to get through this pain? And I was like, you know, to get you through. And I was like, no. Because for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to deal, you know, birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, just the day to day of like even my daughter getting married and Caleb not being in the wedding. That was hard, you know, so I'm just learning, like, what is it when I'm I'm at the bottom or I'm really lonely and worship has truly been the key for me. It really has. And it wouldn't matter if I was in a room full of thousands of people. I'm still going to be lonely. I'm still going to be lonely for Caleb. Nobody can fill that void, but, but Jesus. Mm -hmm.
0: What is some of your um, favorite worship music to listen to?
2: We both love, love worship music. I'm really um, into sometimes I do old school. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Um, I like like, Jensen Franklin. Um, He does a lot of uh, good, you know, free chapel Yes, worship. And then I love elevation and um, mosaic. I kind of I'm the type that will get on one song and that'll be like my song for the week and the only song I'll play. So um, but there is an older song. It's called when praise demands a sacrifice. And I used to sing it actually when I led worship. And it talks about when praise demands a sacrifice, I'll worship even then surrendering the dearest things in life. If my devotion costs me, all, find me faithful to your call when praise demands a sacrifice. And you can look it up by Lionel Harris. But um, it's it's a song I would recommend listening to uh, the words. Um, and I was called to live that out. It wasn't just something I sang. But sometimes we have to be careful the things that we really sing. And like, God, am I really willing to praise you when, when what you're requiring of me is, is a sacrifice? And so those are like songs that really get me through. And um, actually, the old song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow, a few weeks before Caleb died my kids were laying on the bed it was around christmas and i said you guys i know this song is old i said but you've got to listen to it and you have to know that because he lives no matter what we face and here not knowing i said we can face tomorrow and uh, i sent it to all of them i even have the message and i after i talked to them on my bed i sent it, them this song and um who know you know who would have known a few weeks later that that would be sung at my son's funeral so big because he lives I can face tomorrow I I find that you have to get songs that you can just really cry out to God with and those are a few and of course the the reckless love and what a beautiful name it is and those are those have really helped a lot yes
0: what would you say to someone who may be in this uh, similar situation of losing their child to remind them that they're not alone
2: You know what? I always say you be where you are in that moment. If you need to scream and um, if you need to cry out to God, if you need to ask him questions, if you're mad at him, it's all okay because he is right there in that very moment with you. I mean, I I know sometimes I literally felt like a blanket and nobody would be here like a covering just come over me, almost like those blankets you can get now. They're like anxiety blankets, but I would feel this blanket just embrace me. And I would say he is there in every moment he handles. He can handle our anger. He can handle our question. And to see, I I visually just see him weeping with me and he's weeping with them. He's hurting with them. And all I can promise them is that grace will sustain. I mean, you may be down to the second where you feel like I can't get up tomorrow but his grace is always sufficient and it it really is. And there's times I thought it would be easier to just go be with Caleb than to live this. And then I thought, no, you know, I have to live for my family. I have to be a testimony of if God still has you here, you're here for a reason, you know? And so I have to trust that with Caleb that maybe it's hard to say, but maybe God's really can use Caleb more through what has happened than if he would have still been alive here on earth. And I am completely, you know, honest with people like that have lost their loved ones. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, it, your life's going to feel better and you're not going to miss them because that's lying. But I, I will promise them this God's strength will sustain and they will become stronger. And on the days when you're not again, he's there. He is, he's just there in every thing I can't, I, and our home has been so full of God's presence that there's never been a day like where I felt I've got to get out of my house. I've got to, you know, it's just been a place kind of of refuge for us and safety and, and for other people to come and just sense his presence. And I just want people to know, cause like I said, I've lost so many, I have so many friends who've lost their children just this past year, that it's okay to be where you are in that very moment. And he's right there with you.
0: I like your perspective of, um, thinking, okay, God, maybe we're supposed to do something more with Caleb's life to honor it so that more and more people are impacted by him and not forgetting, you know, you're keeping his memory alive. And I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know that I would have known him had you not pressed on and continued sharing his life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing to, to see that and how God has used you guys and your family and definitely Caleb's life for the better. Yeah.
1: And I think too, um, even if you hadn't done anything, started Caleb's Cup and, you know, that kind of thing. But I remember Zach, my brother, um, coming home from Caleb's service and saying, I have never seen that many people there at a, at, a, at a funeral in my life. And they, him and Haley just told us how amazing it was and you and your husband praying over people and that legacy. And you can't let that no. It's not going to die with them anyways, but, you know, it would be so much sooner to fade out if you didn't carry on and find something to honor their life and to, you know, do what they would want you to do. So I think it's amazing what y'all are doing.
2: You know that feeling of, like, you you want to keep his name out there, and you and mm-hmm. it's important, like, for your dad, for people to continue to talk about him. I would, I would always recommend um, if you are dealing with somebody who's lost somebody, talk about that person. You know, and don't feel like, oh, I can't talk about Caleb or I can't talk about your dad because we want to still talk about them. That yeah. keeps them alive here. And um, so just it, grief is crazy. Grief is it's one of it's just you just don't know what day you're going to feel like you just and then on top of that, we have women's hormones. So that's yeah. Really- yeah. <laughs> And I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is not a good day for this, but you know, it's it, it's crazy. But guys have it too. Matt's ha- Matt has some days where, you know, this past week after the events we were very emotional mm-hmm. and Matt cried a lot. Like he just, he's still like crying on the way to work. Just like Rhonda, what is God doing? You know, and I miss him. And then and, and through that, every time we go through these spells of deep grief, God is showing us something that we need to do further.
1: And I love that you, I know that I've found some inspiration and, you know, encouragement through your posts, um, even way back before my dad passed. But um, I think it's awesome that you share, like, you're not afraid to share what you're feeling. You know, you're not afraid to share that we can't breathe today. You know, the, the grief is just so heavy. And I think that, you know, the whole purpose of our podcast is to remind people that they're not alone. And I think just seeing someone put put that out there for all these people to see that you're not alone in your grief. You're not alone in whatever you're going through cuz it's happening to me. It's you know, it's it's just very um encouraging when a lot of people would keep that private and keep it to themselves and you know cuz like you said grief is crazy and there's no handbook yeah. on how to get through there's it or not, anything.
2: So it's it it's it's a roller coaster. And um I think you know I want to say too, you know, hey Caleb wasn't perfect. I'm not one of those moms. At the minute, I would brag about my kids. They'd go do something stupid. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, even my dogs. So, you know, the reality is it, ca- it can be your child. It can be, you know, the perfect student. It can be just a mistake that's so made so innocently or it can become a habit that was made innocently, you know. And um, so I have to be honest because I can't, you know, I can't cover it it's, it is what it is. And grief stinks. It's, it's weird. It's strange. It, it changes everything about you and your family and my kids. And then you become, I worry about my kids. Are they getting their grief out and their questions? And, you know, but God has sustained them too. And, and I just see him using them also. So it's been, it's been, I call it the terrible, beautiful, you know, um, through this terrible thing, God is making something beautiful out of it. Mm -hmm.
0: You, you did share a second ago about um, if you are someone who is helping someone or comforting someone who has lost someone. Um, what are some things that some people did for you after Caleb
2: um, passed that really helped you? Well, at first it was, you know, bringing the dinners. I won't, I won't lie about that because I didn't cook. I didn't do, do anything, but I, I found a lot of it was just checking on me. Just a simple text. Maybe I didn't want to talk that day, but just saying, Hey, I'm praying for you. And you were on my mind today. And I know, you know, it's gotten quiet now. Everybody's gone. And you know, that feeling everybody leaves and all of a sudden you're left to deal with this grief and, um, just being there and, and listening and allowing me to talk about him. And maybe it was a day where I could laugh. Let me laugh. If today's a good day, you know, let me be in that. Vi- I think letting that person be in that very moment that they are and not expecting anything else um, is is one of the greatest things people people did for me. And just the little texts or calls and or coming by and, you know, not staying too long if you if they could sense that you weren't in that place, but just saying I'm here for you. You know, okay. and sometimes you don't want to talk about it. There are days you just want to be, feel like your life is normal mm-hmm. and you don't allow them to be right where they are in that moment. That's what yeah. I would suggest.
1: Yeah. I love that. We'll let them mm-hmm. just, you don't have to say, oh, don't cry or right. it's going to be okay. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> cause when you're in that moment, it's, you feel like it's not going to be okay. Exactly. You know? And so just having somebody don't sit expect- there and love on you.
2: Yeah. Don't expect them to be. Where you are in your grief or just, I think so many times, especially as moms, we put so much pressure on ourselves where I've got to be strong. I've got to be this. I've got to be that. And, mm-hmm. and God just saying, Hey, just rest, you know, just rest. You don't have to prove anything to anybody, you know, just be where you are. And and I recently, I told this lady, go ahead and scream today. If you need to scream and be mad. I mean, just don't get in your car, but just stay home and scream, yeah. you know, it's you have a right. I mean, life was ripped out of you. This is not a normal thing to bury a child. It's, it's not, it's, it goes beyond anything. And, um, whether it's cancer, whatever the reason is, it's not the way, you know, it should be. It just shouldn't be that way. But again, I, I honestly go back to his, he sustains. He really does.
1: I know we asked you what you would say to someone who had lost a child or lost someone in their lives um, to remind them that they're not alone, but um, tell us like through your work with Caleb's cup and with young people and having children who are young adults, what would you say to a young person that might be listening to this to remind them that they're not alone and how they're feeling or they're dealing with anxiety or anything like that?
2: I really, uh, we want them to know they're loved. Okay. First of all, by God, but they're, are other people walking this same journey with them or that have already walked it and that was kind of one of the main things about the video was to say to show other kids hey you're not in this alone but i really am stressing there is no substitute <clears throat> i think in this day and age we think oh well, i'm depressed today i got to find something to fulfill it i can't deal with this pain i can't deal with this anxiety so we go to other substitutes and we think that's going to fix it, and it's just a temporary fix. And, um, I, I, you know, Matt and I really cover them. We we take, like, if they're suffering from anxiety, depression, you know, and there are people that, out there to help them. If it's bad, you need to get help. There's nothing to be ashamed about. You know, we're all wired different chemically. Um, there's different things that we face um, that can cause anxiety and depression. But um, our fears or whatever, but we want them to know that they have a safe place they can come to. Matt and I want them to know that they can come through these doors and say, hey, I'm battling this. And if we can't deal with it, then we want to direct them to the to the right people. But we want them to know there is nothing too big. Caleb would always uh, write no judgment. And so that's kind of been one of our sayings, too. Like on, I would when I read his text, when we got his phone, he would Say, you know, you really should, somebody would be going through something and they would say what they want drinking or doing whatever. He goes, you really shouldn't do that. He goes, but you know me, no judgment. Like, I love you anyways. And that's what we want them to know, that God loves you right where you are. It doesn't matter how, if you're addicted, it doesn't matter what you've done. He is going to take you right where you are. And then he leads you to such purpose that you'll look back on that only as a testimony. Of his faithfulness and um, I think kids really need to know they're not alone in this world full of how many likes and followers you can buy your followers you can buy your likes okay. you know it, this fake world kids really how many of those people that like your photos are really gonna be there for you you know and who are they but then they need to know there is somebody that you know besides sometimes they it's knowing beside your family you know that there's somebody outside of that that really does care about you that mentors you that wants to walk this with you it means a lot you know and we're not going to agree agree with things if they're doing something wrong but we want them to know that they can get help that there's another way you know and that there is no substitute i really stress that um there's no substitute nothing you no matter what in life there's going to be pain there's going to be disappointments there's going to be fears And we've got to learn how to deal with those. And I have them too. I mean, I've, you know, battled anxiety and I've battled depression and, and, um, you know, we have to walk this journey. If that's my journey, then I'm going to walk through it and I'm going to find hope. And through mine, I want to help somebody else.
0: Thank you for being so transparent and focusing on God and giving that glory back to him and how he has sustained you. Well, we like to end um, every episode with a positive note on a positive note and ask a fun question. So what is something or some things that you're loving right now? It can be anything. Oh my
2: gosh. I am loving. Oh, my fireplace is lit right now. So I'm loving that. Um, I may get hot this afternoon and I may have a hot flash, but I'm loving (laughs) my fireplace and um, I'm loving the candles and I just, I, I really, I think I actually enjoy the little things more now. Like, um, I'm really loving when I'm having a good day. So I would say it's my candles. It's, um, my family, uh, cozy blankets. I know this sounds so just girly, it sounds but wonderful. <laughs> it's true. Um, c- cozy blankets and just, just that feeling of a new season in life. Um, I loved summer, but just to have a new season, I believe it's God's way of giving us a change.
0: I love that. Oh, Cozy blankets something yeah, too. They do. Yeah. And I a have fire. It's finally, <laughs> yes. It's finally
1: chilly in Georgia. <laughs> I, I know, know we
0: could do that. I, I love- know I was
1: telling Dana I'm wearing this palm print
2: kimono. I'm like, I gotta get some fall kimonos. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to be just, summer that, all the time. That's adorable. <laughs> that's adorable. Now I had a good I had a a good summer, but yeah, the change is good and I, I, I savor all those Those things, you know, I really do. I love it. And fall was actually Caleb's favorite time of year. Oh my gosh, he would put his flannels on and go to all the festivals. So, you know, I I treasure it. I love it. It's a good month.
0: Yes. Well, you are so special, and we thank you so much for taking your time and joining
2: us. Guys would even consider it, and you're both beautiful. And I pray that God just blesses you and this, you know, your podcast reached so many people, you don't know, it can change one life, somebody that could be at the end, and they just need to hear your voice. Thank you.
0: Thank you for your encouragement. Oh, beautiful.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure that you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any new exciting episodes.